welcome to Gaming Fix episode 300 uh, recording on January. Uh, this is another Allison and Pat episode, so I'm Allison and Pat. Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, recording this on a Sunday, I think because we had a pretty light in gaming. So yeah. might be a bit of a short one. I yeah, I've uh, I've been spending a lot of my time uh, doing uh, embroidery and watching anime. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, which which is very fun. But then I'm like, oh no, I have not done anything that's <laughs> I, I can really talk about here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I played a lot of like older stuff and stuff that isn't. Uh that didn't seem relevant to really talk about this week. Like, Anything I played a particular? Of, yeah, I played a little bit of that. Like, Well, I played... Playing Power World made me go... You know what I could do is um, play... Before Bad Eye, sometimes I'll play Switch stuff. And so I play, started playing some Let's Go Eevee again. Ooh, which is good. that's I, a good and game. And it's nice because it's, it's like Power World doesn't play anything at all like Pokemon at all. No, so yeah. So totally different kind of game. So just like animal or animal monster collection is just like the only parallel they have so i could it wasn't like that wasn't like playing a bunch of power world last weekend burned me out on playing pokemon so uh that was that has been you know fun yeah Uh, that's uh yeah um, because i mean i i I feel like i i I, yeah i I only played a couple hours of power world and and decided um i i wasn't really taking it in early access and maybe gonna wait um to see what this game becomes, but uh, I particularly enjoy uh, monster collector games. So, yeah, I definitely had that urge of like, I want to play a good well, monster it, you know, collector. <laughs> it's kind of nice because it's down to I think there's only like twenty one or something Pokemon you can't catch on the Switch with the most recent Scarlet and Violet DLC. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because you know you can look at like I had never really looked that deep at pokemon home and stuff and it it's uh you know i don't know i don't know how far i'll take it but uh it's i like the let's go games so um play a little yeah. bit of that, uh but i don't have any groundbreaking thoughts on those i played a little bit of that enshrouded game whose biggest problem is that it came out less than a week after pal world it's mm. like also a survival game it's a lot closer to valheim um it seems fine I don't know. It's not those Power World and Entrada do this thing, and Valheim did it kind of first ish. Not really, but the first big one that did it, where it's taking the survival game concept and kind of making it more palatable to single players and to small groups. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool and good that games are doing it. The thing I like most about that genre is definitely the multiplayer aspect, and both Power World and Enshrouded have issues that make multiplayer like in Enshrouded, your progress through like the quest or whatever the main that game always gives you an objective to go do, mm-hmm. um, instead of Power World just having the tutorial, right? Which is the yeah big one that made me kind of bounce off of sure. Power World personally. And it's cool and enshrouded, but it's based on whoever's farthest along. Oh, that you're playing with. oh! So like, if you join a server with people, 
you're never going to be able to. I mean, it, and it's you, you still have access to all the stuff that you get from doing the quest because it's in someone's base or it's in the base. But mm. like you don't get to see that stuff unless you just go find it instead of being pointed. Like if I join your server and you've played it for 20 hours, even though I'm level one, I'm going to be on your phase of the quest, which is just like I that makes it's still a cool game, but it makes me not want to play it with other people because like I don't I don't want to jump in on their quest level uh so yeah it's but i mean and it's it's a neat game but it, it, it that's kind of kills the multiplayer part of it and that's sort of yeah. my favorite aspect about those games so um i kind of prefer games that are more like arc survival evolved where it's just like no quests no direction big huge sandbox there's stuff to go find to do but it's really geared more towards a larger group playing um but uh but still i mean in shot it's cool i think there enough people are mad at that that they're probably going to change it at some point because people have been complaining a lot about it um but uh then the biggest new release that i played not biggest in terms of popularity but biggest in terms of uh what i spent time on for a thing that's new is um on January 17th, so 11 days ago at the time of this recording, a little game called Dominion 6 Rise of the Pentocrater came out. That's a good title. Yes. Uh, So Dominions, if people remember, probably don't, is an incredibly niche strategy game that is made by a company called Illwinter Game Design, who are based in Sweden. They're like super small. I don't even know if they if they're a full time game studio. They weren't for a long time. They might be. They might have become one in the last ten years. But they make two games at this point: um, Dominions and Conquest of Elysium are their two titles. Conquest of Elysium is very Heroes of Might and Magic in the way that the the kind of feel of the game is. It's all about picking like you pick like a hero class at the start. Still strategy, but. Um, it's more like square based and you're picking, you're like recruiting monsters and stuff. Dominions is closer to something like a total war. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when Dominions five, when I was playing that, I was like, this is awesome. And then they they came up with the new conquest of Elysium and I was like, wow, maybe I like this more. And then Dominion six came out and I think I'm, I've swung back to liking Dominions more, but these are both games that are like, some friends were watching me play and they were like, there's no way this came out in January, 2024. This came out in 2003 uh, because (laughs) it has an incredibly archaic visual style. It's one that I love. I think it is an awesome looking game, but it definitely looks like it has. I mean, there hasn't been that much technological progression in its visuals since the second game came out in 2003. Yeah, I pulled up uh, so. the Steam page, and some of those text boxes definitely look like they would be early 2000s oh, yeah. PC game. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh... Yeah, the structure of the game is, I think, is awesome. It's a simultaneous turns game, um, which makes it really good for multiplayer. I'm not nearly skilled enough at it to play multiplayer yet, but um, basically you order your... You've got... A, the, the goal of the game is each person is playing as a faction 
that has a uh, pretender god kind of at, as the leader of the faction. And there's all these, the, basically, God has died, and so all these pretender gods are now vying for the throne of being the like deity that's worshipped across the the world. So um, you pick a faction, and then you create a pretender god, and it's incredibly deep. The the all of the different things you can do. Like I've played one game this week where I was my pretender god was like a weird big giant dude with snakes for legs and a rooster head. Hell yeah. Um, your your pretender god can be like like a, a Zeus looking guy, or it could be like a blood fountain that just sits in the, the capital and that's like <laughs> the physical manifestation of I your love it. divine being. Or it can be a dragon, or it can be a uh, like an an elk, like there's like dozens of different. That's sick. Pretender I, god forms. Yeah, I like that it's not just like, I mean, like just a big dude. Like there's creativity. no, no, for sure. There's tons of different of different uh types of characters that you can make, and then you have there's a deep system of like you level up their different magical paths, and then those determine what priests can do basically like if you're playing as like a fire god then the priests in your faction are going to do a lot of fire magic um so it's it's cool in that way and like you can pick out bless effects that your troops will get and there's dozens of those too that are based on the levels of your magic scales and then you also there's a there's a there's a thing called scales where you level up and you spend points during character creation pretender god creation to do this um where you can make make your your gods uh make it easier to spread the the belief in your deity you can and then you have like things like order versus chaos you know in places that believe in your deity is it chaotic or is it is it more peaceful and is there order um like you you can change uh the the sort of productivity bonus and stuff like there's all these different things and then you get into the game and you've got this world map it's broken down into provinces and your goal is to capture six of these thrones that are around the world and they're kind of randomly the the maps are you can there's a huge not a huge tiny community but a passionate community that makes maps for the games but then there's also by default it's just a randomized map and the map randomizer is really good um and so then you go and find these thrones and, and capture them and whoever can get all six of the thrones wins the game um and uh, what I really like about this game is, well, two things. One, everything in the game is a like all of the math, you can learn how it works. Mm. So like I have on order the 444 page manual, nice. most of which only 100 pages are like text that you read through that explains the game. The rest is all reference for like different unit stats and stuff, spells and things. Um, But beautiful manuals that do a really good job with them. And um, by reading it, you can understand like why a unit has 36 resources that it produces. Um, you can understand like why you get 400 gold from this province and stuff. Whereas with something like total war, it's just as if not more dense and intricate, they just don't surface most of that stuff. So you're just it it'll give you vague ideas of like, oh, if you have this, you'll get more money. 
and people have dug in and found out the math, but it's much harder to get a clear understanding of why things are the way they are in those games because they're not built for people to really drill in and find the details. With Dominions, it's cool. I love it in part because it's basically like a, a everything in it you could do on a tabletop. Like you could play this game with on a tabletop. Mm. It would just take years to play because yeah, and one turn has a thousand calculations in it. Mm, yeah, and it, it looks like it would be a very big tabletop with a long amount yes, of time. It would, it would be very tedious to play on a table. But yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that you could and that you can learn all of the... And this is, extends to the combat too. So like I said, it's simultaneously tur- simultaneous turns. So you do your recruiting, your magic research resource management on the kind of campaign map and you direct your troops around and then similar to total war when tr- when battles happen it takes place on a like 3d although it's all sprites for the the units but a 3d like battlefield but you don't actually control any of the stuff that's happening mm-hmm. instead you're programming your troops ahead of time so you can tell them what formation to be in where to line up and sort of what their general tactic is do you want your cavalry to just charge into their their spears or do you want to offset your cavalry and then have them attack targets in the rear or something you can determine those things and then everybody hits hits end turn and it sends everybody's turns to the server if you're playing multiplayer or just ends the turn if you're playing single player and then you get a a message log of like here's all the stuff that happened based on everyone's moves and as part of that you'll see the battles and then you can go watch the battles at, like as a recording. And what you see is both sides tactics taking place and the, the units colliding. And you can turn on a detailed combat log that'll show you the dice rolls for every mm. single attack that happens. So like Dominions uses a, it's called the D- Dominions number or Dominion random number. And it's two D6s and plus a, a modifier. Um, and that's usually added to a stat versus, so if I was attacking something, I would roll two six-sided dice. If my attack stat's a 10, I roll two six-sided dice. Maybe I have a plus one from a blast effect from like a spell. So let's say I roll like two fours. So I've got like, that would be a 19 because I've got 10 plus my die roll plus one from my blast effect. And um, then it has this kind of exploding dice mechanic that I've seen in some games before where if you roll a six, then you reduce the total result by one and roll that die again. And so that can keep happening. So you can have these huge numbers. So anyway, you can look at each die roll if you want in combat. And like, obviously these battles can have thousands of troops in them. So it's crazy to do that, but you can. Um, And then you can see the, see the results. And so when you put all this together with the fact that the game also has, I think with the new game, they added a couple of factions. There's like 110, I think, factions in the game that are spread out over three ages. Um, so like there's only like something like 40 totally unique nations, but each nation has a, uh, or almost all, most of the nations has a early ages, middle ages, and late ages version of itself. And they're wildly different which is part of the cool part because like the early ages is kind of like the ancient world. So you get like 
feels of like ancient Greece and ancient and, and like the Roman empire and stuff. Middle ages is kind of more like post dark ages, William the conqueror, like medieval Europe stuff. And then late ages is like bordering on Renaissance period. Um, so you can see how these nations evolve over the course of mm. the game's lore and timeline. Uh, and it's very cool. Um, and <laughs> There's also a charm with the creation. So like the ages are, or the, the factions are very tropey. So like I've been playing the, cause they recommend you just play one faction for a while to get the hang of it. I've been playing Marignan, which is like classic central European, like French, I guess like knights. So you have heavy cavalry. You don't have too much of a focus on magic. And, um, and then you've got your like crossbowmen, pikemen, whatever, uh and then there's factions that are like these are the cthulhu fish people and they live in the water and these are the flame giants and some of them get kind of weird but there's a certain like when like there are factions that definitely come off as if like if if a mainstream big developer tried to do it it would be fraught territory of like Eh, you have your African faction, and like, right. I surely hope you get that right. There's something about the earnestness with this studio that that they all of the they do that. Like, they have like a Mayan faction and an Aztec inspired faction and an African inspired faction, and it's not that they're like totally free of any kind of problematic elements, but they're just it's just so clear that they find all of these different mythologically inspired things so cool that there's no like doesn't feel shitty or gross it feels very earnest yeah no <laughs> I is... I think that there are certainly times when you're playing something or watching kind of it, it's it's hard because I I'd say that intent doesn't necessarily matter but sometimes it com- the the intent comes across and how it is presented and you go okay yeah. i feel like that earnestness of like i'm just like you feel the intent of them trying to just like earnestly it, make something like that it's kind of they're kind of in this it's something i really appreciate them for they're in this weird space where they're certainly not going out of their way to like appear like i'm choosing my words carefully because i'm on the i'm on the side of like just diversity and inclusion in games is just very important and good. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I will admit that there's times when AAA studios feel like they're shoehorning in certain elements because Ubisoft does this, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they it feels like they like did market research and they're yes, like, okay. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Blizzard, Overwatch, the Overwatch like right. panel things. Right. That is definitely Which, something... I would rather studios do that than not have any exactly. <laughs> diversity. But there are certain times where you feel like uh, you don't feel like their heart is in it. They feel like you feel like they've sat down and gone, okay, what is the exact types of people do we need to get as characters in this game to appeal to the widest number of people so that we can make the most money? And it's like, yeah, you'd rather that diversity than none, but also sometimes it doesn't very yeah what i love about the ill winter the studio that makes dominions i don't know if any of them have access to the internet because like 
I don't get the impression that any of them like know or super care about current politics in that mm-hmm. regard. It's more like one of them reads a book about like like conflicts in ancient Africa and is like wow that's a those 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 were some cool like spears that they used we got to get that in the next update yeah <laughs> like, right just, they just seem like they have a lot of respect i guess for they're all like, these different cultures oh dude that's not, sick <laughs> yeah, yeah but like respect from a like oh man it's so metal that <laughs> like, <laughs> right. human, human sacrifice in in ancient central america was fucking metal so we're gonna put that <laughs> we're gonna put that <laughs> But it's never done in like a like these are the evil people or I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 such an interesting um microcosm of of faction design in a space in a thing that's historically very fraught in strategy games. So there's something I I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about when it feels like somebody creates something and you're like, were you sitting? in a room that was locked and you had no access to the outside when you made this. Like, I don't know. There's, yes, that's how these I love feel. that. I love that feeling because sometimes, yes. you, sometimes like so much stuff is like, so like, I don't mean this in like the political way, but reactionary, right? Where it's like, yes, exactly. Where it's like, oh, this is, you know, we're making it in response to how people feel about XXX. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of dig it when it's, when it's somebody who's just like, Without any sort of ego, without any sort of like it, like necessarily intent well, for other people being like, I'm going to make what I think is the sickest thing in the world, and you guys are welcome to join in. These games are just—they're so—it's they have a huge energy of like this team of sweet of Swedish people just being like, we're going to make this because we're it's, it's like I'm looking now. The, the peak number of players, I think the only way to get Dominions 5, the previous game, is through Steam. Mm-hmm. Its peak was 279 players. Yeah. Like, these games are the most niche. They're as niche as you could possibly get. And it's, they clearly make these games because, I mean, and like the newest one, actually, it's, looks like it, it's, it's way bigger. It's peaked at 1,600 people. Um, so like it's a way bigger game than the previous one, but it's still sixteen hundred people is still just right. like this minuscule number compared to a lot of things, and so it's cool because it feels like and it it comes through in the way that they make the games too, um, because like they support them pretty aggressively after they come out for quite a while, and they basically do it until they run out of ideas to put into it, and then. With, they don't charge anything for those updates either. Like the games. Oh, cost I between, love that. Usually the games cost around forty bucks. Like this is yeah. forty-five dollars. But then it's you know it's going to be supported. There's going to be at least a bunch of new factions added and stuff over time, um, and spells and things as they get ideas. And then what happens is they go, oh, here's some. We have enough ideas. You can read it in the in the manual. They go through and and talk about like it's additive. So each edition of the game, they add a new section of like. Here's what happened between the development of Dominions 5 and Dominion 6. And you can read going all the way back to like their first game in the 90s. Um, they keep the the story in for each one. And some of it's like, I went on a walking tour of France and of southern France, and it made me think about how cool Greek soldiers are. 
So we wanted to make the game with them in it. <laughs> I love that. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's great. It, yeah. Uh, and, and I love that they're just like, you know, hey, we're going to keep making these games that we want to make. And then also they make a physical manual with all that information. Yes. and yeah. Which you can read as a PDF too, of course, but yeah. uh, for free. But you, you can, can also buy the $25 buy the f- physical manual. That's, that's rad. I From a I, tiny print-on-demand publisher that... <laughs> It's like based somewhere in Europe. It's like I'm not gonna get it for three weeks because it's <laughs> because they have to print it on demand and then like yes. ship it. Like, yes. <laughs> see, yes. I I don't know. Like, I I've played some turn based strategy. I don't know if this is necessarily like for me, but I just love the vibes of this entire yes. development so good, so much, and, and the music. In the game is like it fits with it. It's like very sometimes it's very chill, but sometimes it's very epic. But it's all like kind of high quality MIDI, like yeah, modern sounding keyboards and stuff. But like very classic fantasy kind of music, and um, it fits so well with the the kind of ancient feeling art and stuff. And then you get these really cool stories. Like I I was playing as the chicken guy with the snake legs. And I, he just kept getting killed over and over again in battle because I kept throwing him into the into combat because he was powerful in combat, and it was infuriating. And I had forgotten some basic things that I needed to do to play the game effectively. So some friends were watching me, and I was just like, every like four battles, he'd die again. And I was like, why do they keep killing the chicken man? Now I have to have all the priests sit in the capital and pray for him to come back, <laughs> and over and over. Um, and like this, this version of the game, one of the big things it adds is, uh, an underground layer to the map. So there's like caves that you go into and, um, and then you can go underground. And, uh, so the current game that I'm playing is cool. Like there was a Abyssian's faction that starts underground and they're like demons basically. Uh, and I invaded the underground and took the entire underground over and they have like I don't even know if they're demons. They're kind of like underdark or something. I guess their 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 pretender god was a giant spider, um, and I've been killing the spider over and over again because it keeps coming back because the gods keep respawning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I kill it, they send me an angry message like "fuck you, you killed our god." Uh, <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I've also subjugated your entire. Hire people in the underground, so I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't. I don't know what you're gonna do. What to say? But uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and and then I, you know, I got embroiled in this war with a faction that I I think their thing is they're like harpy people because they've got these like flying units that are a nightmare to deal with for my basic knights. And the only thing that works is just stacking hundreds of crossbowmen because they can shoot at them. But I got to just hope I can kill them before they surround them and start taking them out. So it's interesting. You get all these different kinds of strategy things. And the fact that you can tie it back to the math and stuff is just it's it's really fun. Um, I think it's it's really and with all this density, because of the way the battles work, it actually plays very fast, mm. even though it is complex you you know turns only can can take even with later in the game you can do your turns in like a few minutes so and it runs so snappily because of (laughs) it being so old um you 
it feels very playable and very like it it totally nails the one more turn thing because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just want to see how this battle's going to resolve because this is a big one. You know, these are my two 800, my 800 troop army is colliding with my opponent's 800 troop army. I got to see that. Um, oh, I just need to take this one fortress because I know when I do that, I can expand to the to the west here. So, yeah, it's it's very fun. Um, highly recommend to anyone who likes kind of conquest strategy games. The one thing I'll say is that it's not it is a war game. It's there's no way to win that doesn't involve fighting. So yeah. there's no like tech victory or cultural Mm-mm. victory like you see in civil. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, you, you really got to be in for wanting to 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 do the the warfare part but um but it's awesome it, it's really good and uh there's just enough updates to the ui and stuff that i do think that this this version is is the best one yet so uh, cool. it's pretty cool it's um, it's it's it, it sounds very much like a pat game but in the best kind of way sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it it, yeah, it sounds very cool like i said uh like ah. I haven't really played a, a turn-based strategy like this um, since well since I I had a I had a brief moment where I was really into Civ Five, um, but uh, so I probably won't. But the only thing that the one thing that made me kind of want to pick it up was uh, being able to have a god that's a blood fountain. <laughs> Something about yeah, that get, tickled me. <laughs> they get really really weird. Uh, for sure, it's 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 funny how like strange some of the the god concepts are, and each faction has access to different ones. I mean, there's tons of overlap between them, but like you, you not you, you'll play a faction you haven't played before and see a new kind of god that you haven't seen like form for a god that you haven't seen, and it's like whoa 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 what is that? Uh, so it's that's very fun. That's fun. Um, and and there's some factions that are like it's wild how different they are too. Like there's one faction that you click on their information and they don't list any troops because all they do is raise the dead troops that have died in previous battles. So they just, you just get whatever you get zombie versions of whatever people have fought (laughs) in a province before, um, which is kind of cool. So there's lots of different, tons of different ways to play. Like there's, like I said, there's aquatic races that like live in the water and, uh, and then there's like the underground beings and you got like demons and angels and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it sounds really cool. And definitely seems like something that you should pick up if that sounds interesting to you. I, I love you know, just from not just from hearing you talk about it, I I already love this developer. <laughs> I want good things for them. Maybe there turns out they'll be horrible people someday, but I don't know. I, I hope not. It's, it's, it's I pretty pretty weird, chill Swedes. Yeah, it, it seems like they're just like weird, chill. Yeah, chill Swedes who are like, let's make a board game, and they're like, oh no, our idea for a board game is too uh, too much. Let's just make it a video game, and then yeah. They did that. And they found their 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 audience, so they just don't ever have to make their games look like modern visually. They could just keep making them like old looking, and it's great. <laughs> That's sick. That is very very cool. Uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, 
and that that's been what Pat's been playing. Uh, I've had, like I said, kind of a light week for gaming. Um, I've watched a bunch of anime. Uh, so if you're uh, looking for something to watch that's very um, has like a very video gamey kind of uh, I plot, I guess. Uh, the anime adaptation of Solo Leveling has been very good. I watched a bunch of that yesterday, or I got caught up on it yesterday. There's only, I think, four episodes. Um, but it's based off of a, a Korean webtoon, but it's been developed by an, uh, a Japanese anime. Um, it has very much of like a, like a video game uh, kind of systems, I guess, because the, basically the, the, the whole of Solo Leveling is that the the main character uh is basically the only person who is able to kind of level up in in this like system where um basically like 10 years ago uh these portals on earth have opened up to uh uh different worlds with giant monsters most people who can fight them are kind of set in their uh kind of skills in terms of like magic and active and active things but due to things that happen in the, the first couple episodes which are uh very intense to watch uh main character jinwoo uh is able to kind of increase his level um but it's 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 very intense uh it's very like I, I there's a lot of anime out there that have kind of a video game premise. This got a lot more bloody and kind of uh, intense in terms of a lot of times when you see something like that, there's very much like a kind of wish fulfillment type thing. Whereas this feels like, oh my God, people can die at any moment. If you were in a situation where you were fighting these giant monsters, it would probably suck. Um, and it, it's it's very interesting. I've been enjoying that. Uh, and if you want something that's kind of uh, uh, video game-like and to watch anime, uh, Soul Killings. And also, uh, I just have to mention Delicious Dungeon being very, very good. Um, <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of anime lately. But I played a couple of games uh, in preparation for this. Um, first, I don't really need to talk a lot about is uh, it's the new Atelier Mobile game. Yeah, Wrestler Rihanna. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about this. Yeah, so it's interesting because it's beautiful looking. It is one. a gorgeous game. The music is excellent too. So it's like the presentation. I kind of just wish that they made a like a full game instead of like yeah. all the assets in this for a mobile because the thing is is that it I feel like personally when I have a mobile game I kind of want more of a you know more of a casual experience. I'm not the type of person where I necessarily want to sit on my phone for 30 minutes to play a video game. I want it to be like a 5 minute in between stuff. Um yeah. whereas this it started out like the the cutscenes for the game, and you're just like, how long is this going to take? Is this going to take another like it, it, the first opening story beats take 
I swear it felt like at least like a half hour to get through, which is like in like a standard video game, I might be in that, but I'm like, this is a lot of um, eat up for a mobile game. Um, and a lot of the systems are are kind of simplified for a mobile game, which is good, but it doesn't like so far I haven't seen very much of the kind of crafting like there is a crafting system but it's definitely not as much of a focus as in other games um which is not but it, but that said i i'm only you know i i've only played a little bit of it like i'm i'm right now just like checking it a little bit per day and trying to see if i can continue playing this game because it's really beautiful and it's like it's a really cool looking feeling game with a lot of like the understandable like fan service for fans of the series um just because they do the thing where uh all of the characters from different atelier games get pulled into this so mm-hmm. so so you go oh there's um marie from the first game in the series oh Riza shows up and you start traveling your your new character travels with Shelly from Atelier Shelly which I um but it's it's and then some of the support characters from all the different series come up so it's uh it's uh it's very much one of those things where it's uh if you're a fan of the series it's going to be very exciting to see because you see all these characters that you know and love and um it's it's a mobile version of uh these um of this game i just don't know if i just playing this i'm just like i wish it was more of a that they had decided to just make a side game with yeah. all of these characters. And it's like, I get that they're doing this because there is the gotcha pulls and everything. And yeah, so yeah. then you pull a character and you go, oh, cool, I just pulled Ryza. That's that's a lucky pull. Or, oh, I pulled Ramona. That's, she's she's one of my favorites. Um, can't wait until Meru is, pulled, is able to be pulled. But, like, so I get it. It feels like, though, it would be a lot more fun if this was like a side game that they had made with the intention of this is a side game and you pull all of these characters and maybe even yeah. have like a, an in-game currency gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. But I like mean, more, look more clearly it's fun to play with gotcha mechanics, more full priced 60 to $70 video games should have gotchas in them that are not bought with real money. Right. Or you just earn the currency in the game to get it. Cause it's, that's right. Fun. Yeah, no, and, and I would really like that because I like the, you know, there's clearly a, a lot of, there is something that happens in your in your brain when you do it and you get a thing and you go, ooh, I yeah, didn't know absolutely. I was going to get that. Like, there is like that, like, little lizard brain thing that whenever I pull a gotcha thing, it's like, oh, this is very um, satisfying. But I don't know how, if I, if I want to put, I don't think I want to put money into it. Um, So it's like, I do wish that it would be just, uh, you know, it it would have that 
been put into the uh, it, it, that it they they maybe put it like a full sixty dollar game that was just like yeah, I, yeah. and I know that they ha- I I know that they have I haven't played um uh I haven't played it but Belkay and the Legendary Alchemist I need to play it is like kind of like a it's an Atelier game that has like city building stuff and it pulls in all of these different characters from different games in the series and so it's like. Maybe do that, but with more of, like, a gotcha mechanic and a, um, you know, story. Because it looks like a lot of effort was put into the visuals because it is, like, a beautiful game. Um, yeah. At first second, I was like, is this... I, I, I still use uh, an iPhone 11, and I was like, is this gonna run on my phone? And it does. But I had this moment of, like, I normally don't really consider my phone in terms of, like run of game because I just I that's not what I use my phone for and I tend mm-hmm. to you know not want to play um you know super intensive things on there which is part of why I kind of fell off or, or I never really played on mobile something like Genshin because I'm just like I don't like when you when you have the um kind of virtual joystick thing I I hate that for whatever reason sure no it's that's fair and yeah so it's but I, that's that's kind of where i'm at because i'm like ooh, i i kind of like the story so far the new character um resna and i, I know that there's going to be more characters i i that that which is that combines the name so that's the uh, wrestler rihanna um uh, she Resna is a really good character so far. She she's um very interesting. I enjoy you know all of these so far the the story seems neat. The justification for um why you want to pull all these characters together in terms of um using the alchemy system makes makes some sense like they they kind of it's a little hamstringed because they're like oh uh this is a world where mana's in decline but if you combine you know the energies of multiple alchemists then it can strengthen stuff and you're like okay there's a justification there um it kind of connects with the dusk subseries which is set in a world where mana's in decline and and then, and then they call that out so you're just like you, you you do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where you're pointing at the screen going, oh, oh, they, they thought of that. They thought of it being like Dusk. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so you do the point. But it's it, just the thing that ha- keeps me going like, man, I don't know about this. Is the mobile, you know, it, that this is a mobile gotcha game and who knows how long yeah. it'll be around. Uh, because they, they did previously have them other mobile free-to-play gotcha game um atelier online which i didn't play very much of but i played a little bit of what it watched i don't know if um if it it yeah it shut down granted it lasted a uh you know longer than maybe it would or would, but I mean, it was released in the West in 2021, and then it was shut down late 2022. 
Uh, it, it had That's a lot rough. longer. <laughs> it had a lot longer in Japan because it, it launched in yeah. Japan in 2018, and I think that I th- think it didn't launch that much long that long ago in terms of Japan for as Lariana. It's hard to say, but with um this past week, uh, Love Live fandom getting a. Uh, yeah, joining into the main gaming discourse, which is buck wild for me, um, because uh, they uh, in, in a single tweet said, "Oh, the game is going to be releasing in in February." Oh, and it's also shutting down in March. Um, granted, that's because it's the uh, international version, and they had just announced that the Japanese version is. Um, Shutting down in March so that they're they're said, okay, we're gonna give you until May to play it. But it's like okay, if if you can announce a game and its closure at the same time, like why would you spend money on it? Yeah. You know, it's like so so it's like I'm playing this game and I'm like, okay, when is this gonna get shut down? Do I really wanna put, you know, However much money would cost to do a to do a poll or do a ten poll because I'm like if I set it down for a minute if and then I pick it back up will it still be there yeah it's, right it's 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 interesting and I wonder if there is some sort of like if some of that is going to affect the kind of um, gotcha game mechanic. Or gotcha game ecosystem, I guess. Yeah. Just because yeah. I, I think people are starting to be like, hey, I'm not going to put money into something that's not going to be around in a year. And, but considering how gorgeous this is and how much clearly went into this game, it's like, I don't know, it's like clearly put a lot of effort and money into making this this game it's mm-hmm. it's, it's no, just, so like yeah my arc with this thing was i saw it in like a steam queue or something and yeah. i just scrolled right past the i mean i just assumed it was a new atelier game and yeah. i was like oh i have to ask allison about this because yeah i've only played like a third of rise up but i really liked yeah. it and it's one of those like someday i really want to try to right. play it because they're really beautiful games and I like the the stuff they do systems wise. I think it's interesting. Yeah, they do cool um, systems, especially with the um, crafting in terms of. Mm-hmm. I think so. Generally, and I like the writing. I like the you know characters quite a bit. And so I I scrolled past and I was like, oh, that's cool. This is this looks really nice. This is beautiful. And I I, yeah. know, I recognized some of the characters and was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they had this kind of level of crossover. It did not even occur to me that it was a gotcha game. Yeah, and that it was free to play. And then I. It, it popped back up for some reason a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. It doesn't have great user reviews on Steam, because it's on yeah. Steam, too. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it doesn't have that great user reviews. That's too bad. I wonder what happened. And I hit the reviews, and people were like, this game would be great if it wasn't a gotcha game and was just a game I could buy. And then I scrolled back up and saw that it was free to play. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's crazy how how much effort seems to have been put into it from a production and visual standpoint so i don't know maybe that means it'll be more yeah it's it's supported than we're worried about but we'll see i 
I'm just kind of like, I'm right now going to be checking in for a, l- a few minutes every day for the next however long and see see if the systems really, you know, grab me. Because, I mean, it is a, the, the systems in play are simplified, um, like both combat and crafting, um, which is unfortunate because those are, I think those are both good in that series. But, um, yeah, I, I, I saw those reviews on Steam where it's like, why play this when there's, like, you know, so many other games in the series that are really great? And I think that it's a remarkably, um, like, consistent series in terms of, you know, being good. I need to actually, I haven't realized it yet. Uh, I... I actually wasn't vibing as much with some of those systems than I was, but in in other Ryza and other Italian yeah. games. But there's um, you know, it, there's so many really good games in that series that it's it's frustrating that it feels like this is again like I I need to get more. I I was gonna say cash grab, but again, like it, they've put a lot of effort into it, so it's like yeah, I'm like I'm like torn on this game very heavily because I love this series and it's um it's I think a very underrated RPG series that I hope more people maybe you know give a shot but I don't think that if 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 you're a new fan to the series this I I definitely wouldn't recommend um I would recommend maybe checking it out if you're an existing fan um but if you're getting started with the series, you know, pick up Ryza if it's on sale. Pick up the um, Arland series if it's on sale, uh, which is hard because they, they, they don't profit. But, you know, I, there, there's a lot of really good games in that series. I just wouldn't start with the gotcha game that we'll see whatever happens with it. Yep, fair. Yeah, so uh, that was my <laughs> that was a very very mixed review of Atelier Wrestler Rihanna. Seems pretty in line with a lot of other people's thoughts. Yeah, so I don't think you're saying anything. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah, controversial but brave. Uh, the Gotcha Game is maybe <laughs> not the best way to experience the series, <laughs> but it, it, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I I think even before I started playing it, I was like, I don't know about this, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with sure. it, but it's like uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the series, so I probably should give it a shot. Uh, anyways, play 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 the Italian series. Uh, I mean, they're it's a really cool, unique series. Yeah, for sure. yeah, exactly. It, it's like uh, there's there's a lot of really, um, it, and I think this different subseries uh, it different. Uh, different things i guess like the arlen series is a lot more of like um resource management in terms of including like time in terms of your resources so you're just kind of like okay i need to get this done by this time but will i have enough time to do that okay if i go out crafting if i go out collecting would that be more efficient than buying that item or you know so i think there's a lot of really interesting aspects of all of them uh just maybe do something else and it just made me 
want to play the couple of games in the series that I haven't actually played, which is which is neat. Um, yeah. uh, though I'm kind of holding off on starting. I, I I want to hold off on starting a new JRPG because Persona Three Reload is coming out uh, in less than a week. So that's going to be, uh, I'm going to play that right away. Um, and I was, I'm, this is my, my segue because I saw that it's going to be on Game Pass, which is going to be hopefully great for a lot of people to check out and a lot of, a good way to, um, introduce more people to the Persona series. So I, uh, was checking out stuff on Game Pass yesterday, just uh, just like, oh, I haven't checked out Game Pass in a little bit, and I'm paying for it. Uh, and I started playing Escape Academy, um, and mm, I, I was cool. surprised by how much I really like it. Um, yeah. Because I saw, it, it's one of those games where I've kind of thought about it for a minute, but I never decided to buy it, and then I just I saw it was on Game Pass, and I'm like, why not? Let's give this a shot. It's it has a lot more um, personality than I think I thought. Or I, I at least assumed that that it would have. I I don't know why I assumed necessarily that it wouldn't have as much personality, but I thought it was going to be a lot more of just like straight up here's escape rooms that you can do. Um, but it has like a kind of has an actual kind of little story to it. Um, some kind of fun characters and. It is largely, here's all the escape rooms that you can do, but I think that they're done really well with a lot of charm, and that I, uh, I'm, I'm not quite done with the game, but I think I might go finish it today, but, yeah, so basically, the game starts you at, like, a kind of cheesy, run-down escape room, but then you uh, very quickly realize that it's a actually an initiation to this escape academy where there is uh, in, in this world there's a lot of uh, escaping, you know, <laughs> where, where it's like mm-hmm. where it's like oh they they talk they talk about it like oh there are people who are trying to stop escapists, but you're gonna become the best escapist, and you're like all right, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but it's it's basically you doing a lot of little uh, little escape rooms with each that have their own kind of um, theming that have their own specific kind of puzzles, and I think they all work really well. Um, the thing that I I think is particularly good is it is a I think the difficulty level is pretty perfect for me which is nice where it feel it doesn't feel obtuse it feels every puzzle solution you're like oh yeah that makes sense um but can get hints if you you want to the only thing that that really seems to affect is your uh end of the game score you get a lower score if you use hints um but the only time i used that it was like i literally can't find this item that I need to... F- I know what item I need. I just don't know where in this room it is and I don't feel like looking for it. So mm-hmm. that's when I... But it is um very much a 
go around this room and try and solve different puzzles. And I think that the puzzles are kind of a perfect balance of they're not too easy, but they're also not. You, you They have very clear um, solutions, basically. So it, I think it, that works really very, very well. And I, I've definitely felt very good about solving some of those puzzles. Uh, the only real stressor in the game is sometimes um, there is like a, a time block that you're allowed to do that. Uh, and one of the levels, uh, basically, they're like, some of the other characters are like yelling at you, basically going like, we need you. To, we need your help now. And I'm like, ah, I'm I'm trying. I just I, I'm, I'm taking taking five minutes to go do this, guys. But uh, but other than that, I feel like that the time it's I've I haven't run out of time yet. But there are there is a little bit of a of, of a little stressor. But it's 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 I think um, a very very cool game. There have been a couple of times where. Uh, they suggest at the early at the game to pull out a uh, pen and paper. I've just been uh, writing. Uh, I enjoy that kind of aspect where in maybe a little bit, I'm going to see the notes app and be like, on, on my because of all the notes that I'm taking <laughs> for that. But it's 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 very cool. It's I think. Definitely something people should get to should check out, especially on Game Pass, because it's if you have Game Pass, it's you don't have to pay extra for it. But it's it's uh it's I I think really neat and um it if it, it all of the puzzles so far have been really pleasant to do. So it's uh I, it's it feels like a lot of thought has gone into making a really good puzzle game, but it, you can play cool. it solo and you can play it uh, with um, other people. I I'm playing solo. I don't know how multiplayer would necessarily go. I might. I've seen people say that rather than playing uh, multiplayer, it's it's very good for. If, if you're playing with other people, have one person be kind of driving it and have a, other people yell at them being like, do this, yeah. check this. But that makes um, sense. yeah, but it's 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 neat. I, I don't know if, if you had this experience, too, but I have a lot of nostalgia for some of the kind of escape the room flash games that were uh, prevalent in the in 2000s when I had zero money for video games so you're just like mm-hmm. all right let's go on whatever flash game website and uh, yeah, for sure. find and, and I play a lot of those kind of escape games so there's there's something very kind of comfy about playing this even though time is going down and sometimes they're yelling at you solve this and you're like I'm going to I'm going to solve this but it's uh it's 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 very neat. It's it's I don't know if there's really gonna be any replayability because it's it's they're, they're but I, I think that's kind of a good thing in a way because these these uh escape room levels that seem very um uh crafted in a good way. Whereas it's not like you know, 
I think it would be a worse game if they tried to uh, fit in replayability somehow, because it, it, it the levels feel very um, well considered and well well made. Cool. So, yeah, so it's it's really neat. I'm very. Uh, I wish I had maybe picked it up a little bit or played it a little bit earlier, but it's. I, I think works really well on Xbox, and I've been playing that on Game Pass, which is nice. Very cool. Yeah. So go play that, but otherwise, uh, check out more stuff on Game Pass, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's going to do it for me. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Pat? Not necessarily. Not, not not really. Um, doing a bunch more racing, uh, but I don't know that that would. There's not much there for uh, most of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's. I've been doing some of the, the R Factor Two added a daily races thing where you can just like queue for a rotating race that actually has people playing, which is cool because R Factor has really really good physics, and the big issue used to just be that there was it was hard to find people to race with so that's cool i've been doing some of that um and there's also some cool new dlc for assetto corsa competizione which is kind of one of the best of the gt car sims so those are both very fun uh but other than that i don't really have anything else that i've been like i like i said played like i played some dragon's dogma because i want to play dragon's dogma and that's fun that game's weird um but cool uh, I'll probably try to play more of that, but I don't have any <laughs> new thoughts on the 2014 or whatever's Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, I think in the at least the last episode I was in, uh, instead of where can people find you, it's what do you recommend? So, Pat, what do you recommend? Yeah, so I have a couple of recommendations this week. Um, the first of which is my, uh, well, my fiance and I. I almost just support, now I can. Woo! <laughs> uh, Yay! Fiance and I have been watching um, a uh, the the show Shadow and Bone, mm-hmm. which um, was uh, one of the many unceremoniously canceled Netflix shows that they're just I don't know. It's so. St- so ridiculous that Netflix yeah. does, operates the way it operates, but whatever. The nice thing about Shadow and Bone is it's based on a series of books. So the first two seasons that they did, they cover the first three books, but then I can go and read the rest of the story. <laughs> so Perfect. even though they cancel it, it's fine. Um, and uh, I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but it's really cool. Big recommend if you are into fantasy at all. It has a really cool aesthetic that has a lot of like um turn of the 20th century russian vibes um mixed with just a really cool diverse cast uh the author of the books actually she initially when she initially wrote them they're young adult books uh but they're in that realm of ya fiction that's like clearly ya fiction written for adults like it's yeah it's it's adult it's there's a lot of adult themes um and normally i don't like that kind of young adult fiction but it's it this the show at least is really working for me so i'm going to give the books a shot yeah i've but, heard good things about her lee bardugo i've i've heard a lot of good things about her books i've yeah. been meaning to 
read um one of her standalone books uh uh ninth house which i've been i've been meaning to read that forever she seems like a cool person yeah because she said that like she initially wrote the first three books in the trilogy and that like it was a she didn't even like think about the fact that there was very little diversity in the characters. They're just like mostly white people. And so she's an executive producer on the show. And like one of the main things she wanted to achieve with the show was to kind of fix that mistake and make sure that the cast of the show was super diverse. So I think that I just have respect for that kind of approach to um, recognizing when maybe you didn't, you could have done a better job with something and then wanting to fix it. And it, and the show itself is really, really cool. Um, very cool visually. It's not like groundbreaking storytelling. Like it's it's a fantasy story about uh, the like there's the 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 main woman in it has to deal with a love triangle and like people trying to use her for their own nefarious ends and stuff. Like it, it's a lot of kind of standard stuff, but it's done really well and it's it's mm-hmm. entertaining and it's so interesting visually. Um, and I f- my favorite kind of fantasy i shouldn't say my favorite one of my favorite kinds of fantasy is that sort of like turn of the 20th century there's magic but there's also like people with rifles and stuff like that. oh like, that's like it. To, i love that yeah Where it's like there's, there's like, magic uh, but also technology there too yeah oh. yeah yeah it's it's very good from that uh respect um and so we've been watching that that's that's a lot of fun and then also are you familiar with this um, this Steven Soderbergh edit to Raiders of the Lost Ark that's going around Twitter? No. Oh, my God. It's so cool. I haven't sat and watched the whole thing. I don't know if I will. But so Steven Soderbergh, I didn't know this. He has like a hobby where he just like edits films and he usually does it with some kind of study in mind. Um, and he did it in 2014. He was studying shot composition and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And and he wrote a, a like brief blog post about like this is why shot composition is so important and Raiders of the Lost Ark is a great example of a film to look at for understanding shot composition um and scene setup and stuff. And mm. and like and um like just just like set design and framing and all of those things. And so to highlight the shot composition, he re-edited Raiders of the Lost Ark to be in black and white with all of the audio removed and the soundtrack to the social network put over it. What? And it's so cool. That's <laughs> so I haven't sat rad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I haven't sat and watched the whole thing. I've kind of been letting seeing the curated s- clips from it because it's not super watchable. It's not really intended to be. No, I. Um, but certain scenes just go so hard in black and white with that that Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross soundtrack over it. It's really cool. So definitely browse. I'm not. I'm not saying people should necessarily force themselves to go watch it. You can watch the whole thing on his blog. But um, yeah, I, I just I think it's at least that. But yeah, finding a few clips from from Twitter to check out is pretty cool. It really shows you what a what a. Uh, smart film guy Soderbergh is even if I don't love every one of his movies yeah uh well Steven Soderbergh is is one of those uh directors where uh, I was actually talking about him with my dad recently because he's um 
I, I think does a really, really good job of have of both uh doing of doing the okay, we're gonna do like big kind of studio movies, but then also do the yeah. kind yeah. of more indie type movies and uh very much um, you know, the one for them, one for me type thing. So he's I think I think a really interesting um director that I'd really like to see more movies of his because uh he's He's done a lot of really cool stuff, but that also does, you know, the big, uh, big movies as well. So, uh, he seems cool. Uh, and that's, that's neat that he's just like, let's just play around with Raiders and, uh, yeah. and do that. <laughs> because, well, uh, man, I, I'll, man, I, I should, I should watch some of that because uh, again, any single time I, something comes up about Raiders, I'm like, oh my god, I love Raiders. Like, yeah, it's like, so good. It's one of those movies where, like, uh, if it comes up on, uh, like, my uh, parents and I have been watching all of uh, Ken Jennings' original run on Jeopardy recently, <laughs> and um, that's all on Pluto TV, and when you open it up, it's usually on a movie that's already playing, and uh, Raiders has come up multiple times. And we're all just, and every time I'm just, <laughs> because it's, it's one of my favorite movies. That's very, very, um, very neat. Uh, and, and, um, uh, now, I was going to talk more about anime, but now I just want to recommend, uh, Logan Lucky by... <laughs> Soderbergh <laughs> because I love that movie. That's a very watchable, enjoyable movie. Uh, so go watch uh, Logan Lucky. I guess I really enjoyed that. Um, and a uh, lot of good anime out there. I mentioned uh, Soul Leveling. Uh, briefly mentioned Delicious in Dungeon, which has been really, really good. Um, it has maybe. Uh, some of the best world building I've seen, not just in anime, but also in terms of like a fantasy world. Uh, the author of the series is very heavily inspired by um, kind of a more Western fantasy. Uh, I know that she's a big fan of um, especially older uh, uh Baldur's Gate stuff. Well, there, there we go. I, it, I, my, my brain did. Um, but a big fan of like Baldur's Gate and kind of Dungeons and Dragons type things. Um, so it has kind of a similar setup, but there's a lot of focus um on things like the kind of ecosystem of this dungeon because basically they're trying to travel through a big dungeon to save um one of. Uh, a character, one of the characters in their party, uh, and to do that, they since uh, they don't have enough money or food or anything to uh, initially get as far as they'd like to to go save her. Um, they decide, okay, we're going to go into the dungeon, so but we don't have enough money for food and weapons, so we're just going to get the weapons and we're going to just have to eat the monster. Um, so it's, uh, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit slice of life, a little bit l adventure. Um, I've heard it gets a little bit into, uh, like some 
like kind of horror aspects a little bit later on, but it has really good world building. Um, they, I the most recent episode uh, focused on a lot on various has this very specific uh, ecosystem of the dungeon, like I said, um, and how it's uh, if something was changed or moved how that would affect other aspects of the dungeon and then also it focused on uh, they, they met a group of orcs and they did, I think did a really interesting job of orcs as kind of a fantasy um, in, in a way that a lot of fantasy just kind of goes oh they're, they're orcs they're bad whereas like mm, here it, it it gets more nuanced there, so it's it's very very cool, um, and definitely recommend Delicious Dungeon. There's just a lot of good anime out there, so uh, watch anime come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, you can find us as Gaming Fix Fyx and uh, give us a like, give us a. Follow on whatever podcast platform you enjoy. Um, would love to see that. Uh, give us a review there, whatever podcast platform you enjoy. And you can also reach out what kind of anime you enjoy to gaming at fix.space. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so thank you, Jeff Davis, for uh, our music. You can find them at Stranger Peak on uh, social media platforms. Uh and I think that will do it for us today. Yeah. All right. See you later. See ya. <laughs>